Today we are taking a look at our first batch of 2023 first round draft prospects for the Chargers and we're focusing on getting Justin Herbert a new weapon. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And it's exciting, David, our first kind of look at what this draft is going to look like for the Chargers and some of the guys they've been linked to. And we wanted to start offensively with some skill position players for Justin Herbert. So today we're going to be talking about Jalen Hyatt, you know, the speedster of this draft class, a dude with undoubted ability to get down the field and linking that up with Justin Herbert is definitely tantalizing. But at 21, it's going to be tough. And we're also going to compare a couple of the top tight ends that people are talking about and linking to the Chargers. Dalton Kincaid from Utah and also Michael Mayer from you know, Notre Dame, the place that Tom Telesco loves to draft from. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel slash locked on today to get started. All right, David. Well, I guess this is a mock draft Tuesday. <laughs> we missed mock draft Monday, but here we are getting into some of these guys in it's exciting because you can see how each of these guys would help the Chargers, right? But then it comes, what is this guy worth? Is he worth the 21st overall pick? And I want to talk about Jalen Hyatt first because we've been, you know, advocates for getting explosive playmakers for Justin Herbert. This is not a draft class that has a bunch of, you know, undoubted top 15 type of wide receivers. They're not going to go as fast as they did last year. But Jalen Hyatt makes a lot of sense, at least for why the Chargers have been linked to him, because he does do one thing exceptionally well, and it definitely matches with what the Chargers need more of. That's right, Daniel, and that is raw, unmitigated, untrainable speed. This guy can absolutely fly. He can burn, and it's very obvious to anyone that has watched the Chargers offense over the last couple of years that that is indeed one of the biggest missing links. Absolutely, and I mean, I think the reason he makes sense for the Chargers is this. His skill set fits really well with what they have now, right? He has a skill set that fits well with Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Mike Williams. He also would be able to accentuate Justin Herbert's skill set, right? Getting him a guy that can fit that gigantic arm that he has. Because right now, nobody on the Chargers is running like a sub four or five, right? They just need more speed. They talked about it. And I think you want to get kind of Kellen Moore in his own way, you know, his own new weapon to play with. And he'll have some insight on it as well. But then again, the Chargers, you know, I've said one thing. You have to be more than fast. But I think when you're looking at what he does well, Two things I think he's elite. I mean, I think, you know, he's aiming for a 4-2-9 as far as his 40 time, just to give you an idea. I think he's probably going to run four, low 4-3s four to mid 4-3s, which would be much needed speed for the Chargers, obviously. But the other thing he does is exceptionally well, which is not something that always comes with speed, is he tracks the ball really, yeah. really well down the field. I yeah. mean, he always finds it. He always catches it in stride, seemingly. He always kind of, you know, slows down a little bit, speeds up a little bit, always seems to make the catch right where he should, uses his hands. Pretty good hands as well. I mean, there are some things he does really well. And that's really, really exciting, even though, you know, there's some cons too, of course, and we'll talk about it. But there is more than just speed there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was going to agree with you as one of my notes is, I mean, he can definitely track the ball down the field. It just feels like he's always in good position. His hands are in good position. He, he's always kind of running under it. And, and you know, 15 most of those touchdowns. Times, yeah. yeah, most of those, I was going to say most of those times he's running under it in the end zone. Um, also, I felt like uh, I really enjoyed his double move. I, I really feel like that's something I didn't see a lot of. But when I did see it, it was definitely effective and it created separation. Also, I feel like this is a guy that can can get some yards um, by the quick passes. I mean, they use that a lot with him, try to get the ball out to the boundaries like and, and the quick outs. I mean, those those type of routes seems like those are effortless, easy yards for him. Um, he, he's getting those every time. He's not exactly a you know stop and start monster. He's more of a, a guy that really needs that runway to get going. But when when he does, Daniel, good luck. If you don't touch this guy. He has the speed to take it to the house no matter where they are on the football field. Yeah, and I mean, that's, you know, one thing we've heard the charge talk about is they you can't just be fast for them, right? That's right. A, a huge turnoff. So can he do enough of the other things well enough for the Chargers to consider him? He is over six foot. At least that's what he, you know, is listed at right now. Yeah. But he's very, very frail, you know, at right. least very, very thin. He has a very thin yeah. frame, very wiry frame. But I think the other thing, too, is, you know, he definitely can hit another gear in the deep part of the field, right? He, he finds a way to separate there. He does do a good job of at least setting up his deep routes, whether he's going to be a post or if he's just going to keep going straight. And they ran a lot of, you know, wheel routes or kind of jet and go routes where you run up into the yeah. flat and then you take up off the field, uh, take off up the field. He did that exceptionally well. I mean, he had 15 touchdowns, probably could have easily had 20. Like, there are oh, so sure. many times where you see this dude just, just sitting there wide where open. If there's any sort of anticipation, like he is 100% yeah. getting past the DBs. Okay. And he makes safeties respect you. Like you can't oh, just yeah. play this dude regularly because he can get behind you so quickly. And he does such mm -hmm. a good job of stacking defenders. But then there's the downside of it, David, because he yeah. is, you know, six foot, 180 pounds, somewhere about that. We'll see where he kind of clocks in at the combine at. Yeah. And there's a few things where you would definitely knock him, right? Not the cleanest of route runners. I mean, he definitely no. rounds off some of those routes. Sure. And he can be a yak guy with the runway. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can get him going with speed, like he can just make people take terrible angles. Like he just yeah. destroys angles. If you sure. get him on crossing routes and he's going full speed, if you can get a hand on him, you'll probably tackle him. But yeah. getting a hand on him isn't always easy. And you saw some of those, you know, he can take a slant. If he has the right angle, he can take it to the house. The Chargers yeah. don't have that right now. But there are also some cons as to reasons why a dude with this kind of speed isn't just a, a bona fide top 10 pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, the size definitely concerns you, but I think you do see some examples recently of guys entering the NFL around that size that have had a lot of success. A guy that comes to mind who played in the Super Bowl is yeah, Devonta Smith. Smith. He was right around the same body type, and this guy went for almost 1,200 receiving yards last season. So yeah. there are different guys that have the same body type that have success. This guy is not going to be a great blocker. I mean, he's just, he just not <laughs> You're really right built about for that. that. Yeah, I'm being very generous when I say that. Um, I feel like he also has a limited route tree. Uh, I mean, and I think that's maybe partially about how they used him 100%. there. I, I feel like he there's more there. I, I feel like there's more application for that speed there. And we didn't really see that a lot. Um, and so, yeah, that, those are some of the things that kind of concern me with him. Uh, but, man, the, there's definitely some different ways you can see how it would open things up for this Chargers offense with that just crazy speed. Yeah, because you have to respect it. I mean, there's some legitimate red flags as far as the size, right? Just being yeah. that frail. Yes, we have seen some guys recently be able to do it. But historically, it's not something that's usually able to get done, right? Yeah, I And I think, you know, the other thing is, too, is he can pretty easily get knocked off of his routes 
if people can touch him. And that's the big <laughs> thing. But a lot of times, you know, like you were talking about and both of us talked about before, Tennessee put him in scenarios where he was never really going up against press man coverage yeah, where guys never. could get their hands on him at the line of scrimmage. You'll see very, very, you know, few snaps. I think Pro Football Focus said he had one contested or one catch this year when somebody had him in press man coverage, but it just didn't happen. They would stack they him put with him other in a wide stack. receivers. Yeah, They put him in the, the slot time. where he can play off the ball. They would have him in motion so he can get a running start. They did all the things to protect him from that. And we've sure. seen that with a lot of dudes. Traylon Burks had kind of the same thing. You did not yeah. see a lot of him, you know, getting pressed at the line of scrimmage. We just didn't right. get to see that. Yeah. But this dude also doesn't come with that same level of physicality either, though. Like, I, it's hard to say how he's going to perform in that. But it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how he tests. I would understand it if the Chargers went all in and to kind of, you know, or went with the 21st pick. It, when you see guys like this, though, it makes you kind of feel like, if I could trade down a few spots, I'd feel better about it, right? But at least right now, as we're going to be kind of watching some of these prospects and seeing how they fit in, because this is just our first batch of players. But we did get the best two tight ends in this draft class, at least as we see it right now, having watched two tight ends, Dalton Kincaid and also Michael Mayer, another guy that, you know, Tom Tolesco is definitely going to have an eye on. A just gigantic hole. But where Jalen Hyatt brings speed, Dalton Kincaid brings a different ability that the Chargers need, and it's the yak ability, and he's very, very smooth in that operation. And I understand why teams or why people are linking the Chargers to him as one of the teams that potentially first round, second round, everyone's kind of all over the board on Dalton Kincaid. But I can tell you one thing, I like him a lot. But before we get into that, though, I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. And that's a great time to pick up therapy. If you're thinking about therapy and you're feeling stuck, talk to someone about it. It can definitely help the burden. I know from experience, I've definitely used it before. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. So it's not just, hey, you're talking to someone and they help. They also help you find tools to help yourself in everyday life. So you can work yourself out of some situations when you're feeling down or when things are just feeling like they're a little bit too much because everyone deserves to feel their best and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. They're the largest therapy service in the world, and they match millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Super, super convenient. That's one of the best parts about BetterHelp is just you can do it anytime. You're not stuck to the schedule. You're not sitting in traffic. All you have to do is fill a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime, and it couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash lockdown. It's exciting talking about new players on the Chargers, especially, you know, when you can't go as big on the free agent shopping like we got to last year. It's fun to at least think about what the draft could bring for the Chargers with some of these picks because they're going to need to hit on some of these picks if they want to be competitive next year, right, and keep getting better. A lot of it's going to have to come from the draft, and you're going to have to have a lot of hits there, and it starts in round one. And it also starts with helping Justin Herbert out. After seeing, you know, the Super Bowl, what great weapons can do for your quarterbacks and throughout the playoffs, littered with it, right? Especially a lot of young quarterbacks out there getting their own weapons like A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill or what have you, right? Adding premier weapons for your quarterback is always a good thing. And now you have someone like Dalton Kincaid, right? Who doesn't fit the stereotype of the Chargers would want this guy because he brings that much needed speed that they want. And they do need speed. But I think the main reason they'd be linked to Dalton Kincaid, David, is not just for speed, but more for Yak. Because I think the Chargers have been kind of yearning for an elite receiving option for a long time, probably since Gates, right? Hunter Henry in and out of the lineup, 
was never totally that elite guy. He was the next best thing that you could have, and he was solid and was a well-rounded player. But if you're looking for more weapons for Justin Herbert and you're looking for Yak, that's something that tight end Dalton Kincaid can bring to the table. He definitely can. It's very easy whenever you put it on the tape to watch Dalton Kincaid why he is in this position, why he's slated to be in, you know, a, you know, potentially a first round pick because this guy can get open. Like he, he's got some, some burst. He's got some, some wiggle. Like he's got an ability to really create after the catch. And you don't see that from a lot of tight ends, but he, he absolutely has it. He does. And, and he's not going to be super athletic and it's more crafty than it is explosive. You're not going to, yeah. I don't think, you know, and he's, I think he's plenty athletic. I don't think he's sure. lacking in that regard, but the other thing he has is a long history of success, right? I mean, and when he was at Utah, he left as the active leader in career receiving yards with 2,484 and receiving touchdowns with 35 this season. He had a game where he had 16 catches for 234 yards and a touchdown against USC. Sheesh. It maybe had the best, catch i've ever seen a college tight end make down the sideline with where somehow he got a foot in bounds and like the ref could not that one have was more insane in, it was in, insane it could not more emphatically have said incomplete pass right because there was just no way he got his foot down that was a regular occurrence with dalton kincaid dalton kincaid is a quarterback's best friend and it's hard yeah. not to you know get excited about something like this this is a crazy thing about him right he, he's not going to break 40 yard runs and, and explosive in that way right but like he led all of tight ends with 15 plus yard gains with 23 last year. So like he's getting you those chunk yards. And even though he's not breaking away for big yards, the best way I could explain it when I was talking to David is just like, it seems like he gets the most out of every catch. Like he makes people have bad angles. He's not easy to tackle. You never hit him square. So he's always carrying you for two, three, four yards after it. And he breaks tackles that way as well. I mean, he probably has the most forced missed tackles out of the guys we're talking about today. I agree. I, that's definitely one, one of the things that was, was on my list as well. Uh, and we don't, you know, share notes before we get on the show, guys. It's just, we do not. you know, this is, this is what you see. I mean, he's a really smooth route runner. He's really strong hands in traffic. It just seems like, you know, like you said, he just bounces the off. Hands the hands are insane. Yeah. He, he plucks the ball. He, he yeah. catches with his hands. He can go up for it. He's grabbing it in traffic. Th that was yeah. really, really impressive. You love that. And then another thing that, you know, you have to talk about when, when it comes to tight ends is the blocking aspect of it. And I think one thing very specifically with Dalton Kincaid is him as a lead blocker. Uh, when they use him and, and they pull with him and they get him out, out in front as like an athletic uh, lead blocker, I liked the work that he did. I feel like he uh, provided some holes and opened some things up for his runners. And, you know, you want to see that, especially with Kellen Moore coming into the fold as the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. We know in Dallas they used the tight ends a lot in, in the running game. And so that is one of the things you need to pay attention to when you're looking at guys that the Chargers could potentially bring into the into the fold. Yes, I think he he's willing, and that's worth something. I think he's persistent, and that's worth something, right? He has the kind of tenacity to try to stick with it. He's not a huge dude, uh, no. and, you know, and there was times where he got ragdolled, you know, and just kind of blown past as far as a blocker. So I don't think he's going to – you don't see that and say, okay, the Chargers are going to get much better as a run-blocking team because they're bringing in Dalton Kincaid. Well, that's what, that's why I said Mayer, lead blocker. <laughs> still, though, I mean, yeah. If you, if you get, it's, I, I mean, he doesn't pack much pop to me as, as far as the lead blocker goes. I think he gets in people's way. He know, He uses his leverage very well. He knows where the running back is going and can most yeah. often at least wall that defender away from making a tackle, which is worth something, right? Yeah. Not everyone does that. I mean, Jalen Hyatt's a good example of guys where you can't always just, 
you know, assume someone's going to do that. Right. And yeah, but he has the willingness to do it. I, and I think the other thing, especially for the Chargers specifically with this is like the Chargers missed Keenan Allen desperately last year. Mm-hmm. A guy like this to me is a very, very good supplement to not having someone like Keenan Allen on the field with what he can do in the middle of the field. I, I mean, the way he's able to sit down in zones, the way he's able to kind of subtly move his way into open passing lane, move his way into yards after the catch ability, you know, opportunities, I think is is next level as far as just instincts, football IQ, all of those things. I mean, he's maxed out to me. I mean, it, it would be hard for me to have higher grades on that stuff. He just subtly can get open and yeah. get himself in situations where he's going to get four, five, six, seven yards after the catch almost every time. I see the Zach Ertz comparisons. It makes sense to me. But, David, I mean, I think one of the reasons I'm pushing back on the blocking is because, like, when you're looking for cons, that's really one of the only ones. I mean, he doesn't block with much power. He mostly just gets in the way. Sometimes he gets pushed around. Yeah, when he's on the end line, like when he's on the end of the line and and he's asked to block, uh, I definitely want to see him hold on to the blocks a little bit longer. That's That was definitely one of my detractors. I just felt like, you know, when they moved him and they were getting him out in space and he was, you know, using his athleticism, that's when he was at his best. He's not the best in-line guy. He's definitely, you know, a guy that you don't want him blocking defensive ends. Right. He's not going to be a guy that you can, you know, you want to feel comfortable having him at the fullback position and being a lead blocker in that sense. I'm just saying, you know, if you're moving him around the formation, you're trying to get athletic that way. Now, the other guy we're going to talk about, Michael Mayer, you can definitely put him in the fullback position and feel comfortable that he's going to be able to bring some pop. But that's not Dalton Kincaid's game. He's not going to be that type of guy. I agree with you. I feel like the application over the middle of, of the field for him and his ability to really just be a friendly target to his quarterback was very apparent. And that's something yeah. that Justin Herbert could benefit from greatly. I feel like mm-hmm. Gerald Everett, he did, you know, he did okay. He did pretty good. The drops were very concerning for me. And I feel like that's something if Dalton Kincaid was brought into the fold, that that's going to lessen. He has really, really strong hands. And I don't see him dropping a lot of those balls that, uh, unfortunately, Gerald Everett dropped this year. Yeah, I, I think the knocks on him are going to be the blocking. I think the knocks on him are going to be just, you know, he's not an elite athlete. He's not, you yeah. know, Kyle Pitts. He's not going right. to ever be confused for someone like that, you know, or some of the more athletic tight ends we've seen come out. It'll be interesting to see how he tests because he is crafty, but, like, he also gets vertical very well. Like, he yeah. finds the seams. He, he, you know, he's such a good route runner that he is able to create separation where – I think when you're looking at checking the boxes between Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer, as far as receiving goes, a lot of those boxes are going to be going to Dalton Kincaid, yes. right? And they're just different, right? I mean, Mayer yeah. has a bigger frame, and we'll talk about all that. But as far as Kincaid, I mean, I like him a lot. Yeah. Do you use the 21st overall pick on him? You know, it, it wouldn't be a sexy pick, but, like, if yeah. you knew he was going to be Zach Ertz, of course you would sign up for that, oh, right? Sure. Zach Ertz is, was insane when he was on the Eagles. and Yeah, signed several up for really good years. 100 catches a season right and that does carry a lot of value and would help i think with the development of justin herbert it doesn't help you with speed as far as you know top end speed but as far as yak i think you're getting a lot better there uh and and i think that is something that and those are both areas that they have to improve yeah it's not just having a guy who can run a four three it's having a guy who can create you know for himself and get those extra bonus yards and the chargers don't really have those guys right now he would fill that mold for them but Leaves a lot to be desired as a blocker. Now you have someone like Michael Mayer, who absolutely looks the part of the prototypical dominant tight end, catches, you know, makes crazy catches, 
is good and really a better, you know, all around tight end when you're talking about receiving and blocking for sure, because he is much more of an impact player as a blocker. So we're going to compare him to the guy we just talked about. But before we get into that, I do need to tell you guys about the unicorn of the protein bar game. And of course, I'm talking about Bill Bars, my favorite protein bar. And the reason I call him the unicorn is it tastes great and it's good for you. And it's going to fit on your diet as well, because most bars have only about 130 calories and are loaded with protein low on carbs and low on calories as well, low on sugar and 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. If it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to be able to eat it. I'm not going to be able to consistently do it with my diet. It's so nice to have a built bar and have something that breaks up the monotony of a diet because it can get really boring with the foods you have to eat a lot of the times on most diets. This also fits on keto and most of the big time diets, but I'm not sure how built does it has something that tastes great, but I think one of the biggest things is, is the flavors that they have. I mean, you have so much variety with Built Bar, and they're available now much more than they were before because you can go down to Walmart and you can get yourself a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, or you can go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box and get all the best flavors like brownie batter and churro. There's so many different ways that you guys can find your favorite flavor for sure, and if you get all those flavors, you're going to find one that you love. The flavors are just too ridiculous not to, but you can even save some money if you guys go to BuiltBar.com. You can use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. One more big-time prospect for us today, David, as far as who the Chargers could potentially target in the first round at pick 21, which they it feels like they have to hit on, right? And so far, I mean, I've liked the guys, and I totally understand what makes, you know, why they would make sense for the Chargers. But the 21st pick, that's a big-time risk, right? I mean, you're not going to get, like, the top-end players. Someone could fall to you. It's just kind of uncertain how it's going to all fall out at this point or shake out at this point. But what I will say, though, is, this guy is very, very interesting because if you're talking about just the prototypical, what you would look for, you know, in a first round tight end, Michael Mayer looks the part and yeah. why he'd be linked to the Chargers is trying to find the first kind of all around tight end that they've had since Hunter Henry, right? A guy that can go yeah. out there and legitimately do both, you know, and, and they haven't yeah. had that in a while. Yeah, definitely. You, you see that all, all over the place with Michael Mayer, six foot four, 250. That's the size that you're generally looking for. And the production, it's just very, very steady. You know, the, the freshman year, 42 receptions, 450, and then back-to-back over 65 catches the, the next two seasons, over 800 receiving yards and over seven touchdowns each of those two seasons. So, he was the focal point of their offense. Yeah, absolutely Both he was. Guys, really. and, yeah. and he was able to, to bear that, that load. He was able to excel with that. This is a guy who is a phenomenal blocker. I mean, it is all over the tape when you watch him. Uh, truly excellent pass protection. He's very, very good in run blocking. He's experienced, too. They move him all over all, all over the formation, in line, slot, out wide, in the full back. That is true. They put him all over the place, and he was able to do all of those extremely well. He, yeah, he did play a lot. I mean, I mean, I think it's with Michael Mayer, and, and for all these guys, it's how does it translate, right? You know, yeah. and one thing with him specifically that's going to translate at least as far as you know where he has the most kind of pro ready part of his game is his body i mean he's huge yeah. and it's not just being six four six five two hundred and fifty to some places i've seen up to 265 pounds right yeah it's being able to use that frame to box people out using yep. your body right and also i think for a guy that size adjust to the ball very well a lot of I balls agree. thrown behind him that he was able to corral he had a ton of contested catch opportunities, right? So you've gotten to see him make a ton of contested catches, and he has 
you know, some really, really ridiculous touchdowns too. both these guys. If you're just looking at the highlights, you're going to see some highlight level catches from both of them, right? I'm not as high on him as a run defender as you are. I mean, I think he has room to grow or yeah, as a run blocker as you are. I mean, I, I think the thing is, is he's good and he has room to grow because it's like he has the willingness. He has a good initial pop. He doesn't sustain the blocks long enough. I mean, you see sometimes his guys going on and bouncing kind of off making the tackle. But he's so big, he's so strong. I mean, I could see that part of his game getting a lot better. And I think we'll talk about kind of the lack of separation he gets sometimes, but I think when he does get separation and one way he does get good separation is usually by using physicality at the top of the route. He's so big, yeah. right, that at the top of the route, he's kind of shucking defenders if they're playing. Right, up the hand fighting, time. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's too big for almost any DB. I mean, mm. he's just, he's a total load in that regard. And so I think that's yeah. kind of when he's at his best. He's using his body to kind of create separation like that instead of kind of just running that into that separation or creating it with speed. Well, hey, you got to move. You, you got to make what work with with your <laughs> I was trying to say is you got to use what your mama gave you. And for you him, go. that is the size and the physicality. And, you know, you were saying that he was good in traffic and the contested catch situations. It's because he has to be. Uh, he's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have right. a lot of wiggle. He doesn't have much burst. He's not a huge yards after catch guy, but you know, the one thing that you do see is when he is in those situations where you have to catch in traffic, he is able to do that. And he's very, very successful. And you want to be able to see that translate to the next level. So yeah. that is definitely very positive, but yes, I mean, the, the, it remains the fact that he's just not a lot. Uh, he's not very athletic. You know, he's not going to get all of those extra yards that you want to see or that you necessarily need, but he's very polished. Uh, he's very physical and he uses that to his advantage. Right. And like, let's be honest, he's super athletic, right? It, it's all yeah. comparative. Like, I mean, for a dude, sure. his size, he moves very, very well. Uh, he kind of runs kind of goofy. Like you'd see someone with Gronk, but like the difference is yeah. between him and someone like Gronk, right? You can see the size, you see all that kind of stuff, but like Gronk had dude just bouncing off of him. Yeah, like that dude was so hard Gronk. to bring down. I, I just don't think Michael Mayer is really forcing a lot of missed tackles. Can he be used right. as a weapon? You know, do I understand why some teams could see him as a first round pick? I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I understand why you could talk yourself into it, right? I don't know if I would necessarily be comfortable with it. I mean, I think there's some things that he would bring to the table, but like, yeah, he's not filling the yak requirements for me, you know, no. as far as explosive playmakers go. Right. And he's not filling the top end speed part of it for me. And I think that's kind of the biggest detractors that I have in certain teams. You know, if you have, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water already, maybe someone like this makes more sense for you. You know what I mean? That can you can go out and have him block more and be a compliment to guys like that. If you're a team like the Chargers where a lot of your guys are struggling with speed and stuff like that. Anyways, I don't know if you want another plotter, right? A guy who's and you need that around. impact immediately. And you don't know how quickly that's going to come with Michael Mayer. Yeah, you need juice. Like, yeah. and I just, I don't see Michael Mayer's juice. Like he's big. He makes physical catches. He's a he's really, durable. really good red zone yeah. threat, right? Like you, you could see the ways that the Chargers could get better with him. It's nice because you can have him on the field. If you're trying to marry run and pass, you want someone that can be a good blocker and a good route runner. That yeah. you can you know, legitimately trick defenses into not knowing what's coming next. With Dalton Kincaid, if you see him out there as an inline blocker, you might assume it's going to be some sort of play action or something like that. Yeah. And if he ends up on a defensive end, you might be in trouble. And with Michael Mayer, there was times where he whiffed on some defensive ends too, and there's other times where he you know stonewalled them. Yeah. I don't think he's a people mover, but I think 
he can make he can not lose ground a lot of the times, which is yeah. really impressive if you're a tight end and you're asked to block, you know, a freakish defensive end, which most of these guys are. So yeah, I get it from both sides, David. There's pros and cons here for sure with Michael Mayer. I, I don't yeah. know how I'd feel about it at 21. We still have a lot of guys to look at. All these guys, really, it's like, yeah, I mean, at 21, it's tough because it's yeah, like some I'm not places there you at see 21, these dudes uh, going, at, right you know, now. the second round. Like you see, yeah. you know, Dalton Kincaid getting mocked to the charge in the second round, Jalen Hyatt in the second round. But it's like it doesn't feel like they're going to follow the second round either, which is what makes this all tough. But it's going to be really fun. And guys shoot up the draft boards every single year. We see it. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, especially after the testing, after the testing, those numbers bear a huge significance on how these guys go. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see so much movement from now until draft time. I mean, who knows where they're going to be slated then? I wonder how Braden Fehoko feels about it. Well, you know, we might get to ask him because that is going to be hopefully our special guest on tomorrow's show, we're trying to get more players. We want to make up for the Chris Rump interview, you know, that we wish we could have put out and just couldn't. So maybe we can get some, you know, some of his thoughts on that. But we were very excited to do that for you guys tomorrow. As far as these guys go, the draft picks, you know, just circling back, like, I don't know at this point if I'd be good with that at 21. And, like, like Daniel Jeremiah has Dalton Kincaid as his ninth overall prospect, right? They're, Jalen Hyatt, like, the where people think he's going to be is, is so off. Yeah. We're going to see. And we're going to have more data kind of between the two of us of watching more guys to find out how we feel about these guys up at the top of the draft and if we feel like it's worth it there. Or maybe they go off the board and go defense. Definitely some rules that they could fill on that side of the ball too. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow. I'm sure Brain Falco is going to say a lot of fun things. We have a lot of fun things to ask him for sure. So make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel if you haven't already. And make sure you're following the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're looking for it, you can find the Locked on Chargers podcast or on all of our social media. It's a good way to make sure you never miss a new show. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC, as well as our Locked on Chargers Facebook page and at Locked on Chargers on Instagram. Super fun with this. I'm excited to get more into these draft prospects. I think it'll be our third year in a row where we're giving the best kind of draft you know, opinions and stuff and putting more work in it as we have. We put a lot of work into it. And we don't do it unless we're able to watch, you know, multiple, multiple games of these dudes. So I'm really excited to keep breaking them down with you guys. We will have a Chargers mailbag this week, or even if you want to tell us, you know, what you think about the Brayden Pahoka interview, you can always hit us up on social media. But you can also call in to the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Leave a 30-second voicemail. It's likely to get on the show Maybe on Wednesday or maybe Family Friday this week since we're going to have Braden Fehoko on tomorrow's show. So make sure you guys are back here for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, take it easy. And go Bolts.